Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, federal employees. My name is Dallin Hawes, a financial planner serving you as federal employees to give you the information that you need to plan and retire confidently. So today we're going to jump right in and talk about the second half of your journey, the second half of the big climb. Often when I talk about retirement and especially saving for retirement, I use an analogy. I say, hey, during your career, you are climbing Mount Everest. You're trying to save enough for retirement. You're supposed to, you know, you're trying to get the time that you need to get the pension that you want. You're supposed to educate yourself. You're doing all these things and you're climbing, you're struggling, you're going up Mount Everest. And then you finally make it. You finally make it to the top and it is an incredible feeling. You finally save enough money. You finally have the years and the age that you need to be eligible to retire. You meet all the requirements. Okay, perfect. You made it. Now what? Right? You've reached retirement. And when it comes to the real Mount Everest, in some people's opinion, getting down the mountain is actually more dangerous than getting up the mountain, right? And in retirement, obviously there's lots of differences, but you could often say the same thing, is that yes, while getting to retirement and being having the resources to retire, while that is a great challenge, actually getting down the mountain or using the resources that we've saved up and knowing all the rules that come with it can also be a huge challenge. So today we're talking about getting down the mountain safely. And specifically, we're talking about a couple huge mistakes that I see when people take money out of their TSP, TSP withdrawals. So we're going to talk about some of the mistakes and some of the things that you can do first to not make these mistakes, to know about these mistakes, and then have a plan for the future on the best strategies, not just to make, not make bad decisions, but okay, how do you make good decisions. So the first big mistake that I want to talk about is when people don't understand how to minimize their taxes in retirement over their entire retirement. Federal employees are very fortunate where you are often eligible for Social Security, your pension, and of course you have your TSP and other savings. And many of you might even have a military retirement as well. So you have lots of retirement income. Now, what often happens is many people, they don't plan when and how they're going to take money out of their TSP. And what ends up happening is they have these spikes in income because most federal employees have most of their money in the traditional TSP. Of course, there are some exceptions who have, of course, saved primarily in the Roth TSP and there's pros and cons of that. But many federal employees are primarily in the traditional TSP. And when you take money out of the traditional TSP, it is taxable, right? And so often, many federal employees don't realize the ramifications of RMDs or required minimum distributions. And if you have not heard about those before, basically what they are at age 72, it used to be 70 and a half, now it's age 72. The government requires that you start taking money out of these retirement accounts, whether it's your traditional TSP, even your Roth TSP, and traditional IRAs. 
It does not apply, however, to Roth IRAs. That's a huge perk of Roth IRAs. You don't have to take money out of these accounts. But basically, depending on your age and your life expectancy, they require you to take certain amounts out. And so, some federal employees, let's say they had plenty of income in their early retirement, whether through the first supplement and other things, and maybe they don't touch their TSP much. They get a little older and deeper into their, their retirement, and then they're forced to take out more than they want out of their TSP. And so their income has some spikes, where in that period of time when they're forced to take money out, their income's higher and they're paying higher taxes, right? And so every, everyone's situation is different, but one big mistake, like I said, I, that I see all the time, is when people don't have a strategy to try to level out their taxes in retirement throughout their career, right? That's that kind of the goal of thinking about, okay, should I use the traditional TSP? Should I use the Roth? You want over time to level out your taxes because since we live in a progressive tax system, meaning the higher income you have, the higher percentage of what you make goes, in, goes away in taxes, right? And so if you have spikes from year to year, you're going to, in the end, pay a lot more taxes than if you leveled out your income, even if that level was a little higher than, let's say, the average year, even with some spikes, right? Because spikes in income pushes you up into high tax brackets and you pay a lot of taxes in those years, right? So during your career, and especially in retirement, you wanna say, okay, when am I taking Social Security? How are RMDs gonna kick in? How much taxable income do I expect to have during all these stages of retirement? And how do I level out when I take money out of the TSP to make sure it all kind of comes out pretty close. And obviously we don't know where taxes are going to the future. We could make educated guesses based on, let's say the current president or lots of things. You can make educated guesses, but we don't know what the future is gonna hold, right? So you do the very best you can. And in some cases, what can make a lot of sense is in lower tax years, maybe even if you don't need money from your, let's say, traditional TSP to actually spend, you can do Roth conversions. And it's kind of tricky with the TSP because you can't go directly from the traditional TSP to the Roth TSP. But what you can do is, let's say, just convert your money from the TSP to an IRA. And there's pros and cons of that, and I have other videos on that as well. But what that will allow you to do is once your money's in an IRA, you can then convert traditional IRA money to a Roth IRA. And first, Roth IRAs are not subject to RMDs, which is a nice perk. And of course, during that transfer from traditional IRAs to Roth IRAs, that's when you would have to pay taxes. So there's pros and cons there. And of course, talk to your tax guys to make sure it makes sense when it comes to moving from a traditional or the TSP to an IRA. There's pros and cons to that, but it can give you some tax flexibility, especially if you want to avoid RMDs in the future and you have um, enough money in the Roth IRA to make that worthwhile. So that is the first big mistake of not understanding, okay, when I start taking money out, this is going to change my taxes and how do I have a strategy for the entire, my entire retirement and not just the first couple years, right? That is a huge, huge thing that I see. Now, the second big, big mistake that I see all the time is when feds don't have a strategy to buy low and sell high. We've all heard that investment advice is you want to buy low when prices are cheap and then sell when they're expensive, right? It sounds very obvious and it is. It's just hard to execute if we don't have a plan beforehand. And the TSP kind of puts a wrinkle into this because 
whenever you withdraw money out of the TSP, they sell the investments that you're in proportionally. So a quick example, let's say half of your money's in the C fund and half of your money's in the G fund. Well, if you take 100 bucks out, 50 of those dollars are gonna come from the G fund and 50 of them are gonna come from the C fund, regardless of what you'd like, regardless of what the market is doing at the time, whether it's up or down, that's what it's gonna do. There's a number of strategies to kind of work around this, but one strategy is just to have a cash bucket or a liquid bucket in, in things that may grow a little bit but is, is very liquid and you can access it whenever, maybe outside the TSP, so that when the market is down, you have a cash bucket, you have a reserve to pay your expenses, right, to cover everything you need and you don't have to touch the C fund or stock-based investments, right? So you can wait until they come back up and then sell when it's high. You don't want to sell when the market is down. So that is something that you definitely want to think about before getting into retirement because once you start needing money out of your, your investments, you don't want to be caught cold, not having a plan and then making a bad decision. So that is a good strategy to not sell when the market is down. Now, how do you buy low in retirement is a question all the time because you want to, of course, buy low, sell high, right? So you don't sell when the market's down, so you can sell high, but how do you buy low in retirement when you're not contributing into the TSP anymore? You're not making a salary and you're not contributing in. So how do you buy low? How does that even work? Well, let me, let me kind of walk you through it. So when you invest, you generally have a allocation, we call it, a proportion of different investments that you think is ideal for you and your situation at the time. Let's do a very easy example where this is most likely not the best solution for you, but just as an example. Like we used before, let's say 50% C fund and 50% G fund. And you say, hey, that is my ideal allocation and that's how I want my TSP to be. Well, what's gonna happen the moment you set that, the next day, it's gonna be off a little bit because maybe the C fund went up or down, the G fund went up maybe a little bit or down, or the G fund doesn't go down, but things change over time. And so the 50-50% allocation that you had or wanted doesn't last for very long. And so a strategy and a tool that you can use to buy low and sell high is a rebalance, where if you know what allocation, what mix of investments makes the most sense for you, then as things change, then over time in a consistent way, you want to rebalance to say, hey, maybe the market's up and so maybe 60% of my money is now in the C fund because the C fund has just made more money, right? And the G fund is now 40% of my money. Well, every so often you want to rebalance back to the 50-50. So when the market's up, right? The market's up here and let's say the G fund's down here, well, you want to rebalance. So that, so that means selling some of your C fund and buying some of your G fund. So what are you doing? You're, you're selling when the market's high. That's what you want to do, right? But let's say the opposite is true. Let's say that the market's down. And so the C fund is actually, let's say, 40% of your money and the G fund is 60% of your money because the market has dropped. The C fund has, has lost some money, of course, in the short term. And then the G fund is relatively higher, right? Um, well, what do you do? You rebalance. Okay, now you buy the C fund when it's low and you sell the G fund when it's relatively high, right? And so you come back to 50-50, right? And so over time, if you do that consistently, then you are consistently buying low and selling high, which is the investment strategy that we want. 
And it really depends on a number of things on how often you should rebalance. Once a year is generally a good rule of thumb, but definitely talk to your, talk to your investment guy to, to make sure that you're making the right decision. But having a strategy to say, okay, this is my ideal mix of investments over time that matches my risk tolerance and all these things. I want to rebalance to that every so often so that things don't get too out of whack. Let's say the C fund is really, really growing, and over time it, it becomes 80% C fund and only 20% G fund in your allocation. Well, that can expose you to a lot of risk if you're if you're expecting all that money to stick around because who knows what the C fund's gonna do. You have to find a strategy that makes sense for you, right? And so having a strategy to buy low and sell high consistently can make a huge difference on how long your money lasts and fits your situation. So those are the two big mistakes that I see all the time. If you see see any other mistakes that your coworkers, your friends, your family are making when it comes to investments, put in the comments below and I'll definitely take a look and we'll, we'll discuss, we'll dig into all those, those fun things. And I hope this was helpful. Have a great rest of your day. I sure, sure help that these videos, this content is helping you gain confidence, answering your questions so that you can retire confident. I'll see you next time.